That's what I was just thinking. I was going to say like one, I feel like one of my biggest mantras, that's so lame, but like one of the things I really do believe most is that like, there's nothing so wrong with the truth, not the truth all the time at all costs for everything. But if you are torn up, like if you can find a way to say the truth in any scenario, this scenario we're talking about or anything else, if you can say what is actually true and actually honest and say it respectfully, like things can only go so badly. Hello, welcome back. We're not for everyone. (laughs) Caroline's laughing at me already. We're an existential commentary podcast hosted by one hater and one lover. Um, Caroline's kind of acting like the lover right now. She's looking at me wistfully and laughing at my attempts to do an intro. And I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm I'm fronting like a lover. I'm fronting like a lover. I might be fronting like a a hater. I'm a little like, oh gosh, I messed up. Are you a little edgy today? Yeah, you made yourself retake that intro. I am a little edgy. Um, I don't really have a reason to be. I think I just like don't need a reason. Just do it. Right. It's just the mood <laughs> that I'm in. I'm just a little bit like, okay, not not feeling very like settled and relaxed. But I'm not. I'm also not feeling bad. I'm just kind of like interesting. Yeah. There's a little bit of a kick. I just had Indian food, and that might be part of it. A little. Maybe bit of that's a- it. You know, <laughs> yeah. I I do find there is always a reason. I, I feel like it's never true that there's no reason. Right. Should we? Do we want to dig? Do we want to dig? Sure. Or do you want to just let it lie? I don't know. I don't know what I would dig into. Like, I just got back from a trip to LA and mm-hmm. that's a weird place. Like, I've heard. It's fucking weird. It's like, um, <laughs> I felt like I was in a scene from White Lotus for like 80% of it. Mm. I stayed with a woman, a very eccentric woman former model from the 90s I stayed in her pool house like it was an Airbnb that I rented and she I happened to have a conversation with her learn about her she has like a wild past history and like has dated really really famous people and yeah all of that sounds like a very LA setup so very LA setup mostly the the pool house yeah okay in the pool house and it's like I would open the blinds in the pool house and it was like the invitation for her to come over and talk to me like Mm -hmm. as though she was waiting looking out her kitchen window waiting for me to open the blinds and then she would like scurry over and be like is that what you wanted no oh oh, it wasn't it wasn't intentionally a signal she just took it as a signal no she just took it as a signal and would invite herself over like all the time whenever I opened the blinds so I stopped one day I didn't open them at all in LA I'm just like in a closed room because wow. I didn't want to engage wait did you know her she no. was the host whoa don't come over exactly oh, no exactly no. she was trying to be friends she was really sweet like honestly she was harmless but there was I'm sure she was but don't talk to me she had such white lotus vibes I felt like I was staying at a white lotus hotel I felt like somebody that worked there was watching me wow. and wanted me to like look at pictures of their heyday like that was kind of the vibe like a haunted a somewhat haunted woman that's a character with a story is that what you mean by a white lotus vibe yeah exactly like she was haunted she definitely had this interesting past and for some reason she wanted me to know about it Weird. probably just because she's lonely and she has people come visit her house and she wants connection and so she's talking oh, about like the cool stuff that has happened in her life that's that is crazy to me that is crazy to me the idea of just like recounting your life routinely 
to strangers like aren't you bored of that I know everything story? about her I know how her parents met and where she was born and she dated someone from a really big band in the 90s and like <laughs> she just turns to me in the middle of a conversation First that I didn't foremost. want to be in and goes do you know Al Pacino or like do you know who Al Pacino is? <laughs> well I do I, was I like, do. I, mean, I know who he. What? What kind of fucking question is this? And then she just pulls up a picture on her phone. So I just didn't feel. I just didn't rest a lot. I guess is my point. I was just one eye open. That would drive me wild. Do you know what a fit I would throw? Oh my gosh. Were the? Did you read the reviews? That they were very complimentary. And listen, I gave her a complimentary review too. I really think she was a nice lady. I know. Who, I wouldn't want to leave her. Who like, no. Yeah. Just wanted to make friends with the people coming and staying in her home. Like I, I appreciate the kindness, but if, if there's another part of me that were to read into it, or if I was like, imagine if I was on edibles the whole time, I wasn't, but imagine if I was like, hi, I kind That's of felt, point, I kind That's of felt, point. thank you. I kind of just had that like paranoia <laughs> the whole time because yeah. she was, I don't know. She had a, she had a weird Thing about her and that's kind of the whole LA trip yeah. was like that it's a very weird place it is very frustrating to me when someone who like holds in their hands what your vacation is gonna look <laughs> yeah. like and they're not and they're not able to read the room like it's not kindness her coming over to talk to you it's what she wants to do oh yeah I think you know it's it's not good or bad she's not an evil lady but it it does have consequences. It's annoying that you can't read the book. That's a good point. It's, yeah, it's not so much, it's not kindness. It's doing what she wants to do. It was very much doing what she wants to do. She would come and yeah. ask me, what are you doing tonight? Or ask me about myself. And I don't think I ever was able to answer the question because she would somehow very quickly turn it into like yeah. another gateway to a story from her life. Um, And I'm also she wasn't even that old she was like in her 50s she's it's not like i'm like hating on an elderly woman just want to be clear right um she wasn't senile she wasn't like losing it like she just was kind of self-absorbed she needed and someone needed to talk to affirmation needed someone to talk to, to, talk to. yeah yeah she needed the audience people who can't read the room it's tough it's it's like a play she sounds like a sweet kook she sounds like the definition mm. of a sweet kook i love them let them fly free but it just it is can be tough to be trapped in their domain you're so right what else is happening what's what's going on in your world i'm coming to this from a like weirded out paranoid edgy standpoint so how about you <laughs> <laughs> i'm oh what do i want to say i think every feel like everything that's active in my heart right now is i don't know what's arable too anymore. active yeah yeah i don't know what can i say i'm, I'm coming straight I'll say it. I'm coming straight out of a hot hookup. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm coming out of straight out of some hot Indian food and you're coming out of straight out of a hot hookup. So we are in very different places right now. I think that's I just had a vision good to put out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just had a vision of you emerging from like a, a hot tub full of Indian food. <laughs> like, dripping in tikka masala. cream. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Okay. This is for this is related to nothing. What? This is literally what I wrote down. What is what is DJing? What is it? What is? <laughs> what is it? My friend. Okay, my friend. My friend Katie posted. 
Katie, I'm sorry. My friend Katie posted. <laughs> Katie. She posted a video the other day and she was at like some concert or rave or something. And it was like a moment as she like posted a video, like these two DJs DJing. And but but what they were actually doing, DJing, was just like they were, it was just like two girls that were like each holding a button. Right. And like it was at some point where like the beat was like it hadn't dropped yet. It was like mounting, whatever the fuck. I know there's a technical term for it. Something's just like mounting, and I was just standing there waiting for like the build to happen so then the beat can drop and like but what was actually happening was it was just two people holding a button at the same time and I was just like what is DJing wow yeah what is it no and I'm like nobody still nobody has explained to me what is happening <laughs> what is it Do you have know? you asked you're like I'm owed an explanation I asked I, many people I and they like... have not <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's kind of a general question that is like that has been brought up in different ways of people like joking about how DJing is a joke or it's not a real art or something yeah. which like I believe that it's a real thing I believe that something is happening I do <laughs> I bet something's happening I bet something's happening and I bet there's a reason it keeps happening that DJs keep being in existence but like what is happening up there are they are they mixing something did they didn't did they prepare it at home did they I think, think it they did like, it before that's I what I was gonna say I think they did it before I think they did it before and I do think it's like probably it it's a skill and it's a talent first of all not everybody knows how to use like audio editing software that well and then also like hearing how music fits together okay. mixing like, mixing music yes I'm, mixing I'm not music talking, I'm I'm not, first of all, I'm not determined that either of these aren't skills. I'm just don't know what it is. No, yeah. Mixing music at home. Yes. Totally a skill. Insane. But the live DJing, what? Why I think that they're playing there? that. That's my point. I think that they yeah. mixed that before and then they're just there to play it. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or people are like, no, like you can see when they hit that button, they mix in that other thing. But I'm like. Do are they? okay so maybe maybe they hit that button but like are they are they improvising it doesn't feel like it's like jazz where jazz is improvised listen I don't even like jazz sorry if you like jazz but right. like I understand that jazz is like an art where things are improvised and like they're actually reacting to the moment I don't believe that DJs are improv improvisational artists I feel like at best they have six or eight buttons that play different horns and they yeah. thought about it at home when they were going to press them and yeah, they have like notes. What do you mean they're reacting to the crowd? Like the crowd is reacting to you built a beat and they're no. gonna drop it. And there's two different. It? What if, is it? If DJs were improvisational, then how come you can go and listen to albums of Dead Mouse, for example, and then he will play those same songs at his <laughs> show? Because it's a DJ that has songs that you know, and then he plays them like. It's not improvisational. Maybe he'll like click the button at a different time to like do something special. Like <laughs> I don't understand what it is. I also think I think the DJs who are improvisational are the ones who will DJ a wedding. Like if you go up and request a song right there on the spot, improv baby, they're gonna they're gonna change what their like typical lineup would have been. <laughs> You think what you think wedding DJs are the most artists? They're the masters of their craft. Yeah. <laughs> Dead Mass is nothing compared to this guy who did a wedding. They have to have a catalog of all these songs ready, ready for that button click, you know? You mean they have to have a Wi-Fi connection? That's all you need. Uh, 
They're all they're all available. They're all there. You don't show up with CDs anymore. Right. Oh my gosh. Remember when DJs would have to like go through a book like their records or whatever? Oh my gosh. Listen, I feel like there's is there's a high chance that we're missing a lot of knowledge about what DJs is. For sure. But I I truly, if you know what is DJs, please. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? Please tell me. I truly, I feel like everyone is just, I feel like I keep asking and everyone's just like, ha ha. And like, no one's, <laughs> everyone's, no one's answering me. And then I just had a look at this video of these two girls just both holding buttons. No one's answering it, the question. No one's answering the question. No one's answering the question. I, I feel like I've been asking for years. Yeah. You should go to DJ school. I probably should. You should. Okay, did you ever you watch? Know, and do you know what? I am. I accept it would be a humbling experience. I'm not saying I would be better at holding the buttons, but like, why are I? Anyway, would I ever watch what? The Tyra Banks show? Um, Maybe a little. Okay. Not as much as you did, I can tell. <laughs> so one of my friends is re-watching some America's Next Top Model lately, and I've caught some episodes with her. I did watch a lot of that. Amazing rewatch, And it reminded me of Tyra's talk show that she had that was like Oprah-esque. And it was called The Tyra Banks Show. And she would do these like investigative reporting pieces where she would go undercover as like a DJ and like <laughs> learn all about how to be a dj and like what a day in their life is like and she would like put on a wig and nobody knew it was tyra and then like she would get to immerse herself in the culture and the job like she did a mcdonald's episode where she worked at mcdonald's she did an episode where she was like a stripper or something and like experienced what it was like to work at a strip club lots of different things I guess my point was just Donald's, to say, you're just like, that's just a regular job. Like, <laughs> right. But it was Tyra. You, just got a, you got a regular job. Tyra <laughs> you yeah. tried having a job. It was Tyra humbling herself. And you fucking <laughs> I know <laughs> I was basically just going to say, maybe you should do some investigative reporting about DJ ism and yeah. go, go like go to a bar and go talk to the DJ and like, pretend what are you doing wear a wig wear a wig and pretend you're not you pretend you're not tyra banks and i'm not tyra banks (laughs) the truth is the truth is it probably would be a humbling experience and i would learn and grow so much and then i would come back with all this respect for the art form and that would be boring and we'd have to shut the podcast down so i'm not going to do that i'm going to choose to live in ignorance that's what it is i choose ignorance (laughs) i choose never to have an answer to this question How about we do a listener requested topic? I'll entertain it. Yeah. A while back, there was someone who wrote in like a few weeks ago and said, asked us if we could do an episode about what to do if you don't like your friend's partner. What a do. What a do. I did say that. (laughs) What a do. (laughs) You are losing. So this segment is called What a do. What a do. (laughs) Wait, that's okay. I have wanted to do. I have to flex. Okay, stop, stop, stop. Get it together. Somebody said I'm not professional on the podcast, and that really hurt my feelings. I'm getting it together. Oh, I'm I'm unraveling by the week. So (laughs) buckle up, everybody. (laughs) Soon you're gonna be on my level. Listen, I'm not professional. No one's saying I'm professional. I'm just here. Um, I have really wanted to do something like an advice 
section, except that it's not good advice. Like no one's saying it's good advice. It's just what I'm saying. It's just, or like, it's just what I'm saying, or it's just what I would honestly do, but it's not, I can't call it advice. Yeah. Um, because I don't have advice and no one should live their life in the manner that I do, but I, I could call it what to do because I would love to call it what to do. <laughs> because then it's like it's not what it's not what to do we're not telling you what to do we don't know what to it's do. what one could do it's what, what one do. could do yeah. it's what to do it's something that you could do no one's saying it's the right thing to do yeah what to do about right, nothing let's, let's, what to do and what about a, your problem what to do about something what to do? i'm writing it down all right let's kick it with this what to do can you repeat the problem yeah so it's it's basically what what to do when you don't like your friend <laughs> When you don't like your friend's partner oh yeah I have opinions yeah I feel like there's a lot of like I need more info there a little bit because it's like do you just not like click with them or like feel like you have a really tight friendship with them or do you feel like they're a bad match or is it on the side of the spectrum that's like they're actually like a bad person abusive whatever there's, there's a whole spectrum here and I think you do very different things depending on where they fall and I think oftentimes, even if that listener, even if we could get his or her answer, uh, it might not be accurate. That's an interpretation. Yes. So Perception. I feel like I I know, yeah, I feel like I know so many people who are like, they shouldn't be with them. And that's just an opinion. It's not somebody's in danger mm. or it's maybe they just, they don't like them or yeah, it's complicated. Lots of different scenarios. Yeah. Have you ever been in this situation before? And did you say first something all, or no? I was going to say, first of all, I think I usually am the person. Mm. I have often been in relationships that I think nobody else is a fan of. <laughs> Interesting. So I actually kind of want to answer. I would want to answer it from that perspective. I love it. Yeah. Tell us your take. Because I feel like what I, my answer from the not being the person in the relationship, but being the friend, I feel like what I'm going to say is obvious. Ooh, I don't know what's up. Do you not? I feel like the answer to this no. question, maybe it's not. I just think about this stuff a lot. So to me, I'm like, I think that there's a few different paths you could take. I, that's just the way I answer everything is like, there are different paths with different consequences and it depends on how bad what it do you, is, you know? Yeah. What do you think is the obvious thing that everyone obviously already knows? The obvious thing is that if it's like an abusive situation, then I do believe you should. Um, and you know that. Like your friend has told you that there's abuse happening and they stay with their partner, then you can try to take certain action or talk to them about it more, encourage them to get help, talk to a therapist, encourage them to leave the person. Like, I think in those situations, you are allowed to be a little bit more heavy handed. That is, again, if you know for sure, if they have told you, not just if you're like making assumptions that that's what's happening and you don't really know. Unfortunately, like that's a lot harder. I know it's an easier said than done type of situation to be in, but I think if someone's safety is at risk, then you step in. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people, it, it, it probably isn't obvious to some people and it's obviously nuanced because when someone's in, uh, first of all, I'm not an expert on any of this, but I do know that when someone's in an actually like dangerous relationship, um, those relationships usually thrive by isolating yeah. the person. And so and any threats or criticism of that relationship can mean the person leans into isolating, you know, 
detaches more from family and friends. And so it's, I think it's hard for people to a choose to speak up and you basically have to be willing to sacrifice um, being liked in order to do something in favor of this person's well-being. That's hard for a lot of people. They just want to be liked, right? Yeah. They just want to be in good favor still. They, they don't want somebody to get mad at them. So I do think that's important to give up, but there's this tricky thing where you have to, you also have to balance like keeping a communication with a person who's in a dangerous situation so that you're not pushing them away so hard yeah. that they won't feel like they can still call you when things are bad or that they don't feel like you won't pick up the phone or that judge them when things are bad because they're they're usually very complicated scenarios that are not usually a clean break. So yeah, that's a really yeah, good point. Those are the only things that occur to me as well. I'm not an expert on any of that. I know that is it's so ridiculously complicated. I kind of don't even want to give more of my opinion. Right. But no, um, I think with that, yeah. I think with that extreme side of the situation, like that's as much as we can really say without being professionals. Yeah. But I'm sure, and I don't even think that's what this listener is asking. That's about. what I was going to say. I'm sure that that's not yeah. what the person's asking because, again, that's like the more "quote unquote" obvious, although it's still very nuanced and challenging. Um, but I yeah. think what this person's asking is like, I just don't like him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like him. That's what it sounds like. He maybe it's that they don't like their personality, or maybe it's that they don't like the treatment of their friend or the match maybe it's less treatment and more like the match and how how their friend is when they're with this person type of thing you notice things you think they're really unhappy yes where your friend is indicating that they're unhappy that's exactly right we've said everything that can be said (laughs) without saying anything about the actual hard yeah give me so give me your answer i my approach with my friends is always like i ask a lot of questions I ask questions in hopes that they will get to where they need to get Smart. as a result of my asking. Like that's kind of how my therapist works with me and how I've observed over the years. Like she has not even pushed me to make certain decisions, but like just pushed me to find what's right for me, which is the healthier, you know, whatever's right for me is like the healthy, positive thing I you would think. Yeah. I feel like it's asking good questions, remaining there with them like not abandoning them uh not judging them and listening to what they're saying and like repeating that back to them because sometimes somebody will say something like really eye-opening but it's mixed in with a lot of other like emotions and confusion and sometimes having a trusted person that they don't feel judged by listening and then repeating back to them like okay well I just heard you say that like when he did that, it made you feel like shit. So what's, t- can you tell me more about that? Like what, what about it was making you feel like shit? Does that happen a lot? Like, is it something you can talk to him about? Have you tried to talk about it before? Um, has he made you feel safe in doing that? Like you can start going down that path and asking more and more questions, assuming this is a close friend too, that's going to have those types of conversations with you. Um, and get them where they need to go based solely on what they are saying. You know, I think that's my approach in general with any of these situations. I don't think coming in hot and saying, I don't like him or, you know, being so blunt. Like nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. It's like, okay. He's mine to like, or she's mine to like, you know, and anyone would shut down over that or immediately feel like, well, you don't get them. You don't understand them. You don't know the side of them. It's very hard to 
I think for that to yeah. sink and in I, I think anywhere. That's actually really key too when somebody's going through a breakup. Like I remember when I was going through my big breakup, really being on pins and needles that somebody would say something negative about my ex to me. Like be like, well, fuck him anyway. Well, he did this. Well, he mm. did that. It's pretty unhelpful. And it's like, I know all the things that he did or didn't do. But right now I'm heartbroken. But you also dated him for a reason. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was still there. So like you telling me like, fuck that guy isn't actually productive at all. When I start saying, fuck that guy, when I get to that point in my processing, then you can be, you know, part of the support cast behind me, the peanut gallery being like, yeah, girl, like go shake your ass, whatever. Like when I'm ready for that and I'm saying those things about him, cool. But for you to come in hot like a day after a breakup and tell your friends something like that, you think you're being supportive and empowering, but it actually is quite painful. They're not ready to hear that. It's somebody that they spent so much time with, were invested with, cared about, you know. If anything, hearing that just even in a breakup, even if they stay broken up, just pushes them yeah. like you're reacting when, when there's already someone handling the like they suck stance, then the other person naturally has kind of takes over the but they're also great stance because it is both for most people. We don't date difficult people for no reason. There's usually like a strong charisma there. There's a reason. There's a comfort. There's some, it, we don't do things for no reason. Nobody mm -hmm. does. And so I think as soon as you occupy and you're like really focused on what sucked about that person, the only thing that's left to focus on for the person in the breakup is what's great about them. And you actually push them into focusing on yeah, that. Yeah, that's such a good If point. you're just, you know, unless you let them kind of lead with their own heartbreak and you'd be like, oh, right, okay, yeah, right. interesting. Yeah, what would you do? So I gave my answer. How do you handle these yeah. situations? Or maybe how how as the person in the relationship uh as that person as opposed to the friend on the outside who doesn't like the partner yeah how would you want it to be handled or how have you seen it handled well versus not yeah I've definitely received a bunch of different versions I've been in like a few different relationships that I guess people weren't fans of and um I will say the questioning thing I feel like I always felt I feel like I felt what people wanted mm. when they did that. And it made me kind of defensive. Like the leading um, questions. Yeah. It's like, okay, I don't know. That didn't feel as helpful to me. I think it just made me feel like they didn't understand. Yeah. But maybe it was the way it was done. Because I think probably if it was done in an effective way, I probably wouldn't even have noticed it. But the things that I did definitely see, I had like one very, very close friend who after a breakup, for, first of all, I'll say that personally, I am always asking people's advice. I'm always asking for people's input. Like how often and am I asking you about a scenario I'm in just yeah. like all the time? That's not everybody. Some people really don't want other people's input, but I do ask for it a lot. So to me, I went through this one breakup and one of my closest friends had said nothing like during this whole relationship. And then afterwards was like, man, you were so unhappy. It was, it was hard to see you change so much. It was hard to see you be such like a gray dulled version of yourself. And that I was like, I mean, I guess it's, it's hard to say what would have worked looking back, but I was like that hearing that from this person, like that would have meant something. Mm -hmm. She wasn't saying that she didn't like the boyfriend or that 
anything, she was just like, you, you seemed like such a smaller version of yourself all these years. And I was like, I would have, that would have really mattered for me to hear. Um, especially in a relationship that always felt confusing and I couldn't tell what was normal and I couldn't tell what was acceptable for someone who like knows me and loves me well to be like, you just seem like you've shrunk yourself. Like that really would have had an impact. And I was kind of like, why didn't I hear that before? And at the same time, if anyone had said that to me during the relationship, for sure, I would have been defensive for sure. It would have hurt my feelings. And I don't think that that means you don't say it like, my my older sister has a very different approach. She's extremely blunt. She has no problem burning bridges. She has no problem saying what other people won't say. And she's amazing for it. And it also, of course, gets her in trouble. But she was someone who had no problem. But she both loved my boyfriend and she would speak up about the things she didn't love. And um, she even articulated to me later that like her approach was like, you say the thing, you don't say it all the time. Maybe you say the honest thing once or twice or something like the person hears it and they might not be able to like absorb it in that moment. But when they get to a moment where they're considering things or they're confused or they're on the fence, they will think of that input. If it's from a person who cares, like it's, it's there and it might kind of hit them later, but like they have access to it. They have access to the point of view from someone who really loves them. And that feedback that always, that actually felt effective was, was just about, um, I think it was more focused on like what they saw in me, Mm -hmm. things like, oh, I see, I see you're like, I see you've like stopped going out. I see you've like stopped seeing your friends. I see you, um, so, you know, not, it doesn't even have to be associated with him or he's doing this, but just like, have you noticed that the life you share with this person now includes you, like not seeing people or now includes you talking this way about yourself or whatever, kind of just mentioning those things, which are just factual observations or like, I've noticed we don't have a connection anymore. I, you know, whatever. And kind of talking about like the, the symptoms maybe yeah. more like- instead of focusing on the person. Yeah. I like the observational approach and I totally agree I think making it about the person is like the wrong move because if somebody's in a relationship with them, like we said earlier, there's not a reason, there's a reason that they're there and they're going to find all the excuses that they already make for that person in response to whatever you're saying. So I totally think it needs to be about your friend, about what they're going through or what you've noticed. I like that, what you've noticed. And going back to the like question asking thing, I think your point is so fair. Like it could make someone feel judged or- feel like there's a right answer and a wrong answer to asking questions. It's, it's maybe a like very specific way that I try to approach those questions. And it's like with any of this stuff, it's not all the time. It's, it's exactly what your sister told you of like, you plant the seed. It's just by asking that question, even you don't then the way I described it earlier was like question after question after question. That's not what I would actually do. Um, Those are just like some of the examples of questions you might ask, but it's kind of like asking one and then like letting their answer be their answer. Yeah. And whether it's what you wanted it to be or not, what what you expected or not, whatever, but it'll sit with them. And then when they're exploring it more or something, another event happens that makes them have to like revisit these feelings about their partner. Yeah. They'll remember that. So I think it's a very similar thing. Like, 
I've had situations with family where they kind of share how they feel about a partner and it's very like full on, um, very like drawing a line and doesn't give me any time to like think about if, if that, if I agree, if it, um, is actually reflective of the situation I'm in, if I want to do anything about it, like you're so busy reacting and being defensive that you actually can't hear it. Yes. You're immediate. Anyone's going to be defensive to that. You can't even hear it, let alone you're not going to go talk to that person. You're not going to open up to that person when they draw a line about your relationship. It does also mean they're drawing a line with you a little bit, which I think is what people are afraid of. I think people then go in the other direction, never want to say anything because they just want to protect their access to that person, which I also think is very, very dangerous. But yeah, I think you say it once or twice and they fucking heard you and they know how you feel. And then you kind of let it go. Exactly. And, and I also think like, ultimately that requires an awareness. And I think friends get this probably family, maybe it's a little bit harder that they're going to make whatever decision they, they make. And so if you overstep and do too much and make them feel alienated from you even more and make them feel like, oh, that person doesn't support my relationship and but I want to be in this relationship. And so I need to like keep my distance from that person. Then if and when you were right about it, like you're not you're not going to have that closeness with them where they can trust to really tell you everything that happened or come to you readily. Like, yeah. And and hopefully they have other options of people to go to. But if they don't, then that's like a real miss to if take they away don't from have them, other options, somebody who's a support oh, yeah. outside of that relationship. Then they're definitely not leaving the relationship. Right. Nobody leaves a relationship if they don't have other uh, somewhere to, to go people, but somewhere else that they have connection. No one takes that risk. No one on earth does. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's so tricky. It's a, it's a delicate, it's a delicate line to walk, I guess. I mean, I've also had situations where I approached, I approached a friend who was telling me about how bad their relationship had gotten, like truly mm. um, sharing like really toxic fights that had gone on and like core compatibility issues that they had with their partner and they sounded very clear in talking through all of that with me about the fact that this person was not right for them anymore and that they wanted out of the relationship and so because they felt clear I was doing my thing that I talked about earlier which is like I'm hearing this from you so I'm going to affirm it like I feel that my role for my friends is like empowering them to trust themselves and trust their gut not like mm, their head and their nice. like leading emotions that they might feel, but like, what's your gut telling you about whether you should be here or not? So that's where all of my like approach to this yeah. stuff comes from. And I thought so I was true. doing right by this friend when they were telling me all this toxic stuff to affirm and affirm and say, yeah, it, if that sounds right, like it sounds like you're really ready to make this decision, like affirming, supporting that they were going to. And then they ended up not ending that relationship. Of course, of course. And it had been many, many conversations over many weeks. Yeah. And um, I thought- And then what'd you do? Well, they kind of cut me out. Like I stopped hearing from them. Um, 
I was under the impression that they were going to end the relationship like on, on a certain week or something like that. I checked in to be like, hey, how are you doing? Did you have a conversation? I even said in that message, like, even if you didn't end up ending things, like, I'm here either way. Like, no judgment mm -hmm. if you changed your yeah. mind. I, I don't fully know what happened because we haven't talked, but I it's it's a very difficult thing to look back on where I'm like, I thought I did everything right. I was one of the main people that this person was coming to and being that level of honest with. And it hurt me that they didn't kind of like trust me enough to even still be there for them when they chose a different path because I would assume they're embarrassed. They, they can't, right. it's looking in the mirror then they have to sh come back and look if you're the person who they were really honest about the reality of that relationship with. Yeah. Then how the hell can they look at you now that they're with them? Which makes sense. But like, as somebody who's this level of introspective and this level of like careful and thoughtful about my relationships with people, I was like, I said to them, yeah, even if you didn't do you it, left you, know, it open. I tried to, you left it open. I tried to leave every possible path open and still that's the way it went down. And so I just don't think it's what you did. I don't think it's what you did. I, I don't either. I it's think what it's what how they feel what they did. Yeah, they have to be comfortable. Yeah, they have to be comfortable <laughs> or what they data. didn't how, do. How long ago was this? How long has it been? Um, like a year and a half. Are they yeah. still in a relationship? Very close friend. Yes. Yeah. Do you think they're going to stay in a relationship? Do yeah. You have any indicate? Yeah. I mean, I have no indication really, but just based on that, it was like getting to a point that felt like a now or never type of decision and going not that, that in, exists yeah. not that that really exists you can but that was get how out. they were yeah 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 it um, starts happening people start treating it that way so you know like you have to kind of be okay if you're gonna be that level of like a confidant for somebody and be that level of honest and i think there's only a handful of relationships that i feel like i would give that level to and that was one of them you also have to accept that if a person's not ready to hear it or if they're not ready to like own up to the, the decisions they're making and like look you in the eye <laughs> one way or yeah. the other, like that's on them. Um, this stuff is really hard. There's no like fun so way hard. about it. There's no fun way about it. You just hope that you are still <laughs> friends on the other side because nobody wants to like leave their friend floating and abandoned. But if somebody chooses uh, it wasn't to play, in your control. If, yeah, Ugh, if, some, if somebody so chooses upsetting. that for themselves, then there's really not much else you can do about it. Yeah. I don't think you did anything wrong. I feel like more often I do kind of judge people. This happens like whole families, whole communities all feel some way about, I feel like that's a good benchmark too, about like the validity of your judgments about the partners. Like, does everyone feel that way? Does the whole family and all the friends yeah. feel the same way? then it, it sounds valid. And if then nobody is saying anything, which usually nobody does, that kind of pisses me off. That does kind of piss me off because it's usually like if the, all your family and all your friends feel the same way, it's not a good relationship for that person. It's not 12 people just saying, I don't like their personality. It's 12 people being like, this is the rest of your life. And, and, and then we're going to let you live the rest of your life that way. Guess what? It doesn't turn out well. That I do feel like is cowardice because no one's willing to sacrifice their own good standing that I think is selfish and that pisses me off. And that's when I become an extra loud mouth because I'm even more angry that no one will say something. Mm. But um, yeah, that's what I feel like happens all the time. Well, I feel like those situations 
for that many people to be in agreement you know and be on the same page and like almost be talking to each other about it but the person themselves doesn't know that seems like a situation where there's like very clear issues in the relationship but, it, but i see it all the time this is not these are not like a, a rare like abuse they're not even abusive it's just right. like you're not living i guess it is abusive but it's it's not um in, not in the typical way in the yeah. typical way it's just like wow you're a shell of yourself right uh I, i've seen it so many times people yeah. do nothing if they don't like people make their choice and people make their choice they make their choice um it doesn't mean like saying something doesn't mean that they'll change it most people no, you can't change anything but i don't know i don't know i did i did have to do that with a friend maybe a couple of years ago they'd been dating someone forever and i kind of bit my tongue for years and then something came to a head in a way and I was like okay this is the time and I, and I actually kind of said just everything I was thinking I was I said like I don't know what to do like I don't know what I'm supposed to say right. I don't know like how I'm supposed to show up in these conversations I don't even know like how I'm supposed to be your friend because these are the things I'm torn between these are all the things that are racing through my mind I love you I want to be there for you I also don't know how to shut my mouth about this. And I just said like yeah, everything, everything thing. that was on my mind, all yeah. the things. And, um, and they heard it and you know, they're, they're together and yeah, we're I friends. That is the takeaway. And I said it once, but I, 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 I really didn't want to die being like, and I never, yeah, may, maybe this was like the, the like crack through the door that they needed like I didn't want to never do that and like you yeah, we're friends but um, yeah it makes you think like okay well who knows that's kind of how I feel about the friend I was talking about too like who knows maybe after all of that conversation I had with her where she was very close to ending that relationship maybe that spurred like a whole <laughs> uh oh yeah effort in their relationship to like work on things and go to therapy and whatever talk through their issues and I don't know like that's um pretty optimistic but it's possible that it was it, for for couples that are still together maybe maybe you did inspire something some nugget like we said earlier some nugget like stayed with them and they tried to fix it later and whether you get to be part of their life or not for that is um not always in your control but yeah yeah it is it is a hard one. It is a hard one. It's funny. I thought at the beginning, I was like, this is obvious. It's not obvious. I think I just, <laughs> I guess I just, um, I want it to be more obvious than it is. Like I want I honesty to be the obvious thing. All That's time. what I was just thinking. I was going to say like what, I feel like one of my biggest mantras or that's so lame, but like one of the things I really do believe most is that like, there's nothing so wrong with the truth. Like I, <sighs> not the truth all the time at all costs for everything, but if you are torn up, like if you can find a way to say the truth in any scenario, this scenario we're talking about or anything else, if you can say what is actually true and actually honest and say it respectfully, like things can only go so badly. You'll, you'll, you'll never regret the truth. And it certainly doesn't mean you get the result you want at all. Like People leave a relationship when they choose to leave a relationship. End of story. That's the only way people leave a relationship. You have no control over it, but you can at least say what's true one time. And maybe they hear it one time. And I do think that's important. And then you drop it. Maybe I do agree with the one time thing. Um, 
And I also liked what you said, just to close the loop on that part too. I liked what you said about letting them in on like the whole everything, the whole truth. Like the fact that you don't know if this is how you should be handling it. You've struggled with whether to talk to them about it or not. You're worried that it'll change your friendship. Like I, I do that a lot with in the relationships in my life with like whenever there's something I need to be honest about, like just having a moment of humanity. The whole truth. I like that. Where you're truth. like the whole truth where you're like, yeah, I didn't know what to do. I still don't know what to do. I'm doing this, but that I'm doesn't mean doing I think it. it's the right thing. Like, I don't know what the right thing is. I just had to do something. It lets the other person it's, have compassion for your situation too I think and so. show that you thought about it and showed that you tried to do the best thing and if it helps them like wear your shoes, you know, and be like, okay, yeah. if I was in that position, that would be really difficult to figure out. I think maybe it can help yeah. um, like keep the relationship intact yeah. as well. Because I know? think it, it what it does do effectively is strips away any risk of the condescension or like telling someone else what to do or judging them. It takes all that away because you basically, you lean on vulnerability and the vulnerability is the truth, which is like, I don't know what to do. I'm terrified. These are all the things I'm thinking. These are all the things I'm scared of. Like, it's very hard to feel attacked when somebody's talking about what they're afraid of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We solved it. Okay. Wow. A plus to (laughs) us. We're amazing. I will be in one of these relationships again. It's pretty much what I do. <laughs> pretty much what I do. You know, but that's what I was kind of saying earlier is like you maybe, but you also get to a point where like, I think you're aware. I think people gain more awareness about like, okay, you know, I've, I've been in a bad relationship and then had like a two month or a year later right? that like, like that's not it. I knew was a bad choice and I yeah. knew had signs of like what I saw with my ex or what I have seen with whoever that didn't work for me. And I still did it because I was like, ah, this will probably be a two month or like, and I'll probably be like upset for like a week at the end and like, I'll yeah. get through it. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's a little masochistic. I call it self-aware. I call, I call it, it, like, it a two-monther. <laughs> yeah, I call it a two-monther. I'm going to do the fun thing anyway. Not every time, but like- I can't get out of it. If I'm, situations. Uh, if I'm left yeah. alone with someone, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter who they are or what they look. If I'm left alone with someone for long enough, I'll fall in love with them. The end. I'll get attached. Yeah. I can get attached. I could fall in love with a, a chair, truly. Like I will, I can project feelings onto anything. I can project a story and a narrative onto a, a, a fucking tea kettle. Like I will fall in love with you. Just, just dare me to, I'll do it. Yeah. I am the same. I always say, I said this to my dad on the phone today because I was telling him about my LA trip and not just with the Airbnb host, but also the with kook. the woman who did my nails. I like connected, like people were just I don't know. I they were like vibing on open you. up to me. Yes, people just tell do. me things about their life that I like didn't ask to hear. <laughs> I have a face that invites it, I think. And I was telling my dad about these women and I was like, dad, it is just one of those things where, um, if you can't connect with me, then that's a you problem. Like I connect with everybody. I can fall in love with anybody. <laughs> I'm out here connecting. Yo. Right back, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. I gave this woman a hug at the end of my manicure. That was the first and last time I'll ever see her, but we, <laughs> we connected. We, we fell connected. in love. Um, that's so funny. If, if you sit with me for three hours, I will find a way to 
look into your soul and let you look into mine. It sounds like people are falling in love with you. Maybe that's it, but I love- I'm out here falling in love with others. They're falling in love with you. <laughs> I'm falling in love with the Jesses of the I world. I did love this nail lady though. I did love her. We you loved numbers. her? You don't know her. What's her name? I know her. Her <laughs> name's Annie, okay? If you're in LA and you need somewhere to get nails, actually, this is this is a real promotion that I'm going to do. It. She was sweet. We're in love. Um, Her name's Annie. She owns Cute Nails in Santa Monica. And- my nails are freaking cute. Caroline noticed yes, them earlier. I complimented them earlier before I knew that you hugged her. And <laughs> before you knew about our love story. Yeah. And uh, we exchanged numbers. She put her number in my phone. She was like, whenever you come back to LA, come get your nails done here. Apparently she does like celebrities nails. She did a couple people's nails for the Golden Globes. Al Pacino. And I didn't even pay too much for this. So okay. it's a really, this is a hot tip if you're in LA. Congratulations. This has been <laughs> the episode for you. <laughs> Oh, our first, are we wrapped up the first segments of what to do? We should, we needed to scream what to do at the end. What to do. What to do. Yeah. You can, do. you can send us your what to do is your future what to do is just a yeah. snapping. I'm doing a what to do dance. Um, <laughs> you fucking love that segment. Wait, what I feel really do? good about that. Yeah. What to do. Send us your advice. Your what to do. Your what to do's and we will give you a roundabout way of telling you that you're going to lose all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a segment that I've been wanting to do and I just didn't have content for it until now. It's called fleeting favorites because if you know me, you know that I get really obsessed with something for like a week and then I don't care anymore. And <laughs> it that like it could be as small as a TV show and as big as like a person in my life. It doesn't matter, I'll be obsessed with <laughs> And it could be as big as a podcast partner. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nothing lasts forever. Okay, cool. So, so right now, something that I've been doing is playing this game. <laughs> I've been playing this game on my phone. I'm not a big phone game person, but I got an Instagram ad for this game called Impulse. And it's like a brain teaser game, like a brain exercise game. Basically, I'm pretty sure it's Sounds for smart. people who are aging. And like need to keep themselves sharp. Like my mom plays one so that she can like still read on a screen and doesn't need eyeglasses or something. Like that's the purpose of these things just to keep the aging brain sharp. And I've been playing it and I'm really good at it. And it's like a good good ego boost in my day. And I wanted to tell people that maybe they should try. Is it trivia? No, absolutely not. No. (laughs) Is it, is it an eye acuity exercise no but i do think there's probably some like eye stuff (laughs) it probably has good benefits for the eyes it's um it's like little puzzle games or like my favorite one is it'll show you an image like a sailboat drawn with lines and you have to fill in all the lines of the image in one go without like overlapping i like that it's real good. <laughs> like so the way the way I came across it is it, I got an Instagram ad for it, and I on the Instagram ad it said like only five of five percent of people can solve this, and I was watching this little game that really got you. Yeah, really and I was like, I know you. how to fucking solve that. I know how to do it, and I like went and downloaded Jesse, the app. We're 
targeted. You were targeted. <laughs> they knew so hard that I have this like thing in my brain that makes me want to like prove myself endlessly. So oh I downloaded it and honestly, I still haven't gotten to what they showed in the ad. And I'm like kind of pit like I keep playing until they get me to that level of whatever game yeah. so that I can finally play it and win it and like send it to them and say I'm part of this 5%. 5%. But... <laughs> yeah. What are you going to what are you going to send it to them? Contact them on like the info help email. It's going to be no, I'll DM them. I'll DM them. If they didn't Instagram out, I guess they have a account. Um Yeah, that's a good idea. And they'll see that I have a growing social profile and they'll have to respond to me. <laughs> so yeah, that's my fleeting favorite for the week. If people are into these types of games, um holla at your girl. We can talk strategy. It's called impulse is it spelled like the word it's spelled just like that um because again i think it's for like grown people and they're not they're not doing anything you know trendy here they're not doing anything cute here yeah it's okay. just impulse that's that's it that's all i have for the week i like it <laughs> okay that's cool i have an update for the segment called stupid ways i'm growing oh cute yeah cute nails this is this is just a small thing but it it is it is a way I'm growing and it's stupid and I feel like that's most of the things I feel like I'm always doing these little stupid ass things in my life that feel like growth and they actually are significant and I stand by them but to explain them to anyone else sounds so petty so I'm just gonna do it so the stupid way I'm growing in like the last week or two I don't know why this switch flipped in my head but I'm definitely an anxious texter I do the exclamation points and the omg and the emojis and the all caps like to me that's anxious texting it's the texting equivalent of you know when you see the girls in public who are like omg hi oh my god it's so nice to see you it's like and yeah. I, don't, I don't really do that in person but I do what I think is the equivalent over text and what's annoying about it is to me it's a it's exhausting um, and B, it actually undermines the genuine excitement I have probably for the person I'm texting. Like it's usually when I'm hmm. actually excited to see someone or actually feel love for them or something. And the 12 exclamation points in the long paragraph and the emojis actually sometimes feels like it undermines what's real. And I got fed up with myself and I was like, I don't want to text that way anymore. So the stupid way I'm growing is that I'm very intentionally not throwing in a bunch of exclamation points. Phrases are ending with a period or, or no, or no punctuation at all. Um, I'm lowering down the lulls. I'm not throwing lull and ha 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 at the end of everything just to soften the blow. I'm just saying shit. And mm. I'm not trying to make it over. I'm texting like I'm texting like a Gen Xer. I'm doing Gen X texting, which yeah. was so disturbing to receive. Like when I was a babysitter and I have to text with parents and I'd be like, why did they send me that sentence with a period? Why did they end that with a period? They're mad at me. Yeah. I'm texting for transactions. Now I'm texting for logistics. I'm using periods. I'm not over exclaiming. And it feels, um, I can't explain. I don't know if you relate to that, but like it something about it feels sour to do that. And it's with people I love and I'm excited to see, but it feels sour to, to throw in all the extra, extra anxious exclamation points. Mm. That's interesting. Do you feel like you have kind of cleared up mental space now that you're doing it this way? Like there's less effort and overthinking that has to go into each text of like, how am I going to make this 
like more sweet and yes. more fun and more likable. Always and, trying you know. to prove my energy to them. Always trying to prove my energy. It's part of my new year's resolution, which we talked about it in a podcast, but I don't know if it made the cut. I have a resolution to just do less generally yeah. do less emotional work, um, which really preserves my energy to do more genuine emotional work. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, Cause it, you end up just doing the stuff that you want to, the emotional work that you actually want to yeah, need just to, show up like... in a more genuine way, even with the person, the very person I'm seeing, the very person I'm texting, like, I don't know, just, does that make sense? Does this, have I painted any kind of picture or? No, you have. I'm trying to figure out if I relate to it or not. Like, I think I relate like maybe outside of texting. Yeah. Um, Cause I don't know. I mean, everybody's done the like extra LOLs, extra ha ha's that just like, for some reason, culturally, we've been trained right. to add to texts that aren't even funny to lighten our Nothing tone or something. Yeah. I feel pretty confident in my ability to communicate that like, I'm a very clear communicator. I'm a very like friendly, likable person with my tone. And like, I don't know. I don't really worry about that a lot. So I don't think I overcompensate too much. Like if I'm using a lot of exclamation and stuff, it's because I genuinely feel that way or because the other person was doing it. And I don't want them to think I'm like not matching their energy. I don't, Um, I'm tired of matching people's energy though. I am, I am refusing to do it. Why do I need to match your energy? I could feel your energy without having to express it that way. Like I totally relate to matching their energy, but that is like a, it's a caretakery. It's It's a caretakery habit that like I, I do in person as well. Like I have to take care of their emotional state. Like what if I just, what if I just felt my emotional state? What about fucking that? Who is this benefit? It actually feels like it's like a it's a snowball. And then they think they have to match me because I'm being so weirdly exclamatory that then we're both just like screaming and text and like, I'm tired and we haven't even met up yet. But then the other side of it is sometimes like if I have been working all day and I'm just in a very transactional mood because I've been just like checking off to-do list items and focus like in my computer um, doing work, I know that my tone both in like verbally and in text is different. And I just sound a little bit more serious, even though um, I think it just also happens probably when I'm tired. But like, I know after a long day of work where I'm kind of exhausted and drained and I've been like in robot mode all day, my tone will be different and I'll hear it. It's like an alter ego for you. I can hear it. I want to name that the just alter ego. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know, but it's something I am conscious of. And sometimes I'll catch myself doing it and then I'll, say to the person like if I'm sounding really like blunt or really direct or really like robotic it's just because I had a long day you're being a full human you're being a full human you're not spending all your energy just taking care of other people's emotions right but I don't know it does change it does change things like if you just let yourself not be overly exclamatory and overly loving and overly like um tender to the way that they're gonna feel uh, I don't know. Then does, does the interaction eventually like lose some steam and you're not getting some little like pep in your step from it that you would have otherwise gotten? Or was that fake anyway? And you're still doing yeah. it, is it when a friend, it's real. Is it a friend that you don't feel any pep with ever? 
like if I feel the pep, I'll do it. But if we're just talking about meeting up on Thursday, right. And it's not genuinely exciting me. I just feel a compulsive need to communicate this like bizarre excitement at all times for no reason that makes me just hate myself. And, and I do think it snowballs with the other person. Like, I mean, yeah, if you strip that away and you find that you're never actually excited, then that's a relationship to reconsider, I guess. But I don't find that to be the case. I just find like, I'm acting like a more grounded person. I don't know. Maybe nobody else relates to this. Whatever. It's something I'm working on. I stay quiet. I like it. I'm sure, I'm sure people do. I think I relate to it more outside of text. For me, yeah, I'm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just tired. Of, like, I think I just hate texting. Oh, do you still have your phone on black and white? People really liked that. <sighs> yeah, it's coming out in and out of it because I have to post design yeah. stuff. Sometimes the hardest app to use in black and white mode is um maps, like Google Maps. When I'm driving, oh, it's truly oh quite difficult to know what is what to do. What what to do? <laughs> I don't know. This is January. We're just trying to make it through, right? You posted that on our story. Oh, it made me laugh so hard. It was it made me laugh so hard. Yeah. It, it was the, the real was like, deal. Somebody tweeted, I'm trying, I'm doing this thing called January. And every day I try to survive January. A day in January. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that I think that's laugh. what I think that's what this whole episode came down to, really. Um I think the month's almost the, like, over. It's basically mood. March today's my half birthday wow happy birthday now caroline you know better than anyone that a half birthday is a pretty big deal because for summer birthdays like both of us right that's right had our lockers decorated on our half birthdays instead of because we weren't at school on our actual birthdays and we would decorate each other's lockers all our friends would get into school early and like put wrapping paper on our locker and like little I don't know, small gifts and pictures and drawings. And I don't know, we would just be celebratory. And then the person would come in and they would like know that it was the day. So they'd kind of be expecting it. <laughs> and they'd like purposely get to school a little bit I think late it's to the give day. their friends time to like decorate for them. Whoa, what? You had a very different experience <laughs> of this from me. Whoa. I, I, first all, I didn't don't remember... know if that was happening, but I didn't even remember we I'm did projecting. that. I, I certainly don't remember my locker ever being decorated. What? I know it I'm... was. Maybe. You know it was. I know it was bitch. because this is because apparently I was like scheduled about it, but it was kind of touch and go. If you had a summer birthday, like were people going to remember your half birthday and yeah. decorate for you? And if they don't, big blow, big blow. Right. I'm not sending them exclamation points in my next text because. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So this was my half birthday episode. And... Happy birthday. When is it? Today? Yeah, half. Yeah. I'm wow. 31 and a half. So it's, are you saying it's your birthday? It's my half today? birthday. It's your birthday? It's my birthday. Wait. Happy birthday. <laughs> Do you do you share a birthday with anyone cool? Like Will Ferrell, celebrity. Will Ferrell, oh, that's a really good fit for I you. Know, and you know, I love him. Yeah, Will Ferrell's my birthday buddy. I I don't. I think I do have some others, but that's like the top one in my memory. How about yeah. you? Yeah, I have um, Mother Teresa and Macaulay Culkin. Wow, what a pair! That yes. is you in a nutshell. <laughs> you are a dynamic woman, and you contain multitudes, including both of them. I think I contain a, a tiny Mother Teresa and a and tiny, a tiny Macaulay Macaulay Culkin. Culkin. 
especially he's maybe a little bit bigger (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay well i feel like we i think we did it got some sentences in there stuff (laughs) Yeah. yeah if you liked this episode share it with a friend uh post it to your instagram do whatever you got to do let the people know leave us a review on apple Podcasts. we love reading them we've been posting them to our stories and yeah it's just something we really appreciate we send them to each other all the time rate us on whatever podcasting app you use and what else do i gotta say instagram hit hit that follow yeah i don't know i actually feel like i did have something Shit, why didn't I write it down? Something that we were supposed to say? What is wrong with me? Oh, was it what we were talking about today? About the um, hashtag search history shame? Yeah, so we realized in our last episode, we did put a call out for everyone to participate in the hashtag search history shame by sharing their Google history, as Justin and I have done on the pod, and tagging the podcast. And we would review your Google search history and we share it And then like this morning or maybe one day ago, a week after we said that, Jess put it together. I didn't even put it together that um, we can't see your tags if you have a private Instagram account. So I'm, I'm going to live in, I'm going to live in a world where I believe people were tagging us and we couldn't see any of them. A lot of people sent us private DMs. So we reposted those of their Google search history. They were hilarious. Everyone is mentally ill is my conclusion. Just a bunch of kooks. And that makes me feel great. I love it. I truly love it. I love these kooks. But if you, if you tagged us in a story and we didn't share it or anything is because we, we dumb like a ding dong. And we did not know that (laughs) this is what a do, what a do, fucking what a do, what a do is hell out here. So that's on us. I'm going to go ahead and say that's on me. What a do not. That's what was on me. Caroline just wanted to believe that nobody did the challenge. And I don't (laughs) believe that. I choose not to believe that. I I thought everyone was too ashamed. I thought everyone was too ashamed of their search history. Which I do understand. But I think we have a following of people who own their searches. Are shameless. Are shameless. Exactly. (laughs) And I, I just have to believe that there are like 50 posts out there in the ether floating that we never saw because you have private accounts. We, yeah, we wish we would that we could have seen them, you know, would that we, we could. would, we would that we could have would seen that we them. could. Yeah. Um, my best friend and I say that all the time. It's from, I think it's from Harry Potter puppet pals or something. Do you remember those videos? <laughs> I do. I do. That was right around when I was reading Harry Potter sexual fan fiction as a tween it was at soccer practice that people would send me stuff at soccer practice yeah there's just a bit and i don't know if it's actually from that because that doesn't have words in it it's just the little harry potter but there's a bit where he says like would that i could harry or something (laughs) anyway would that you could uh follow us at not for everyone pod at the number not the number four everyone pod i gotta go i gotta she frazzled as hell (laughs) she frazzled as all get out today all right till next time you guys the best toodle do bitches i have a note i have a note here i don't know if this can go on the internet i have a note here that just says are you hot or are you gay Oh, that's always a question. Always. <laughs> that's the question. Guess what? The answer is they're usually gay. Gay. Yeah. Gay. Yeah. That's definitely the answer. Okay. We've solved that one. I'll cross off the list.